Welcome to Support Op Simplified, where we interview thought leaders in the great field of customer support operations to provide you with actionable insights from the brightest minds in the industry. And now, your host, Sid Bumbani, CEO of Sumati. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Support Operations Simplified. And today we have with us Gary McGrath from uh, Paddle. How are you, Gary? I'm very well, thanks. How are you, sir? I am good. So, Gary, um, you know, I've been I've been uh, looking through your profile here, and uh, it, you know, one of the things that's that's most interesting to me is you've had um, your own business for a while, uh, where you were in IT. You've been in IT for more than twenty years now. Um, can you give us a quick mm-hmm. intro into how you came into the customer support, customer success kind of role, um, your current role at Paddle? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, obviously, when I had my own company and stuff, uh, you kind of you know, you're kind of I guess the head of all the departments, so to speak. Uh, and it became quite clear, like even back then, that kind of how you interact with customers is obviously really important. Obviously, like re- retaining them. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a lot of time building the teams to actually make sure that we could do that. Um, and at the time, we actually used uh, like some customer support software, and that support software uh, was produced by another company. And kind of what happened is that company contacted me and actually said, you know, we've seen how much you're using the product. We'd really like you to come and join us. Uh, and so in the end, I kind of kind of like sold up my company and joined that company. Uh, and then kind of that kind of started my whole shift into customer support because that was actually a company called Kako and they actually provide customer support software. And so that's kind of when I started like really learning a lot of in-depth stuff about customer support. Because I'd be planning events and, and doing those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And obviously, eventually, I've joined Paddle because of that kind of experience and kind of helping them to kind of achieve like their aims and ambitions. That's awesome. So so tell us a little bit about Paddle. What what does Paddle do? Yeah, so Paddle is basically, I guess the easy way to explain it, it's like an all-in-one SaaS commerce platform. And so the idea behind it is we want to kind of let you focus on kind of your business and we take care of all the nightmare and back office things like billing. Uh, so to give you, I guess, a, a brief idea, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of provide checkouts so you can kind of do payments, subscriptions, kind of billing management and things like manual invoicing. So you can kind of sell your software internationally all around the world and we take care of all the things like sales tax and financial compliance for you. Interesting. That is really cool. And and with SaaS on the tear that it has been, this is probably one of those areas that the tech founders of small SaaS companies or even scale-up, uh, scale-ups for that matter, it's not something that they really want to spend a lot of time on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you kind of have two options, I guess, when you're trying to do that, is you can kind of try and build it all yourself and then suddenly you get this like really big, unwieldy kind of system that you're kind of spending more development resources right. trying to kind of maintain your billing versus trying to build your software. Interesting, interesting. So this would make for a very interesting uh, support experience then, right? Because not only are you, se- I'm assuming this is a SaaS platform that you're you're selling into SaaS technology absolutely. companies. Yeah, um, so the support experience would be you're supporting a SaaS platform for people who are building SaaS platforms. Did I get that right? That's correct, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah, that's interesting. So c- tell us a little bit about some of your, your um, challenges and trials and tribulations on a daily basis. What, what kind of stuff do you deal with? 
Yeah, I mean, for us, it's quite interesting. Uh, Power's in that unique position where we have kind of two different buckets of users that we're supporting. Mm-hmm. And so we have like what we call our sellers, and these are the, the customers that are kind of selling their software or their kind of SaaS solution via our, our platform. And obviously, they have questions about, you know, integrations and actually kind of trying to make sure that they're getting the best experience for their customers. But we also have the other side of that where we have all the buyers uh, that, that are kind of, purchasing those kind of software in certain systems and we also support those as well and so we have one kind of system that we're trying to build relationships and kind of and kind of re-deliver really on uh, meeting people's challenges and we have another side where we're trying to make it very transactional and we have like very high volume and so to give you an example i think it was last month we did about thirty thousand tickets on the buyer support side so they're quite different systems which always means every day is very interesting ah uh, i see okay so this this is getting even more interesting so the support for the buyers as they're using the platform is also routed to you guys. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that does make for a heavy volume support center. So give us a little bit of an idea of um, how big the team is, uh, what kind of tools and tech stack are you using to manage these day-to-day operations? Yeah, sure. Um, So... Our seller uh, support team uh, is uh, relatively smaller compared to our buyer support team because the volumes are quite different. Uh, So we have about uh, five or six people in support uh, kind of directly supporting our our sellers. We have about a team of about 20 that are actually supporting uh, kind of buyers in all of their questions. Uh, in terms of our tech stacks, it's quite interesting because we're currently using two different kind of like help desk platforms. So we're currently using one called Zendesk, which I'm sure you've heard of, and yep. one called Customer. And we do have plans to consolidate that. That's kind of you know historically where we've been. Uh, in terms of our kind of tech stack, um, we do make heavy use of other things like we use Periscope for our kind of data analytical platform. And that's... Mm-hmm kind of really helpful not only to understand kind of what's happening with these kind of workflows coming in from these different solutions but it's been really helpful to kind of provide our sellers with kind of meaningful dashboards so they, they can understand how their businesses are performing and actually help them to actually deliver a better performance because the way that we kind of work as a company is the more kind of transaction volume you put through us obviously the more money that we'll actually make so it's kind of in our interest to kind of analyze your business and work out what it is you're doing wrong to actually enable better sales right and so that, that's kind of what we use periscope for interesting interesting um, and, and yeah. obviously you know when we're talking about um, support operations one of the things that that i'm sure you know you've heard from uh, the previous podcast that we are very interested in is, is trying to figure out the customer experience piece, right? Because that's such a big part of um, interaction with the product. The interesting part over there is, um, you know, as as you're structuring that um, that whole discussion, there's two of everything. There's two um, customer experiences as well that you would need to manage over here, one on the buyer side and one on the seller side. Um, how much of that do, do you control and, and how do you measure those and, and what, are the measures different on, on both sides? Um, yeah, so, I mean, my team's uh, in control of, of both those experiences. Um, and they are measured kind of very differently because, like, the, the sole aim of one team is to kind of make those sellers, like, obviously more loyal to us and trust in us and build those relationships. And so for those, it's more about measuring kind of like deeper levels of satisfaction mm-hmm. so rather than kind of like you know how were we in this one interaction how's your entire journey with us and your how we experience with us um and to so to achieve that one um the methodology that we focused on is something that we call the effortless experience and so we kind of trying to distill 
everything that our sellers do down to like the effort they're having to make to kind of meet their goals and challenges. And then our job is to basically remove as much of those hurdles so that it's more and more effortless as they go forward. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we focus on those metrics. Uh, and then it's obviously very different to our buyer support where typically we're only supporting that person for one time and then we'll never actually hear from them again. Right. Right. And so because of that, it's much more about kind of being efficient and delivering like a like not a truly exceptional experience, but like a really good experience that kind of meets that person's expectations in that one interaction. Interesting. So what happens? Well, two questions. What happens if that same customer is using another SaaS provider and that SaaS provider happens to use Paddle in the background? There is a possibility you might hear from them again, right? You know, absolutely for sure, and and so that's okay. why we we focus on the fact that you know we want to give a good experience regardless. It's just that one needs to be kind of, I guess you say, understood that it's more transactional, and that we try and right, of course, you know, deliver it immediately. Good, exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay. And and on the buy on the seller side, um, what is effort? What how how do you classify and measure effort? Um, so effort can be, you can view it several different ways. Uh, so it can be, is like simple things like, you know, how long do you take it to get back to the seller when they ask you a question? Because obviously mm-hmm. the more they're waiting, the more they'll feel frustrated. But it can also be like, you know, are they finding your documentation helpful? So for example, if, you know, our, our like tracking shows, they've been on our help center, they do three or four articles before they contacted us, we're actually counting that as effort. So we already know before they got to our team, they've already made a lot of effort in order to try and resolve these things themselves. And we're just trying to understand all of that. And that kind of dictates we then, you know, how much we then try and help them as quickly as we can once they come through to us. Interesting. Interesting. So so you do have the context of that start of their journey, which might have been through a, a knowledge base article or, or somewhere else, by the time they get to an agent to say, this is how much time or effort they've spent into it, and and here's kind of where they're going uh, in their path to finding a, a resolution. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for us, like knowing like the context of the customer is is just like phenomenally important, especially on our platform where they might have integrated either like you know their their application using our SDKs, or they could be doing a SaaS platform online, etc. And mm-hmm. so, kind of knowing immediately, kind of at your fingertips, the way that they've implemented their solution to kind of drive the way that you answer that question is obviously really important. Interesting. So, so. You know, let's let's flip that a little bit. So we we get the customer effort part of it. Let's talk about the the agent effort or the agent efficiency. Um, you mentioned uh, in passing almost, you know, the number of calls. I think it was thirty thousand calls that you guys took in, in a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the measure of productivity on on your support side, um, other than the volume, of course? Yeah. Um, so kind of we we try and we, we do measure slightly different things based on uh, if it's a seller or if it's uh, mm-hmm. like a buyer but in general uh, we we actually apply SLAs to both of those which is kind of uh, how set about the experience that we want to deliver so kind of we try and respond within certain uh, kind of that time frame and also resolve it within a time frame and we measure how often we actually meet that expectation and that's kind of like the first part of the metric right um, and then following that we also see um, 
we'll see our customers too. So we'll ask them a basic question about how do we actually do? And we leave that quite open-ended, like a yes or no, but they can obviously comment too. And the idea is, is both of those things, if we can see that we've delivered our own SLA expectations and we've had positive feedback, we're pretty confident at like a transactional level that that was a good interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for like our sellers, we also kind of expand that and we start doing things like, um, like using NPS, for example. Yeah. Uh, we obviously do that every quarter to kind of understand how we're doing in like a more holistic approach. Um, but we also have what we call our seller health score. And this is something that kind of our account managers use. Uh, and it's just kind of, if we feed into it various factors about, you know, uh, how many conversations have they created over time, you know, how they rate those conversations, you know, how much of our platform are they actually making use of, it, et cetera. And we kind of feed all those kind of bits into, uh, in this case, Salesforce. And that actually generates a health score. And then we use that to understand kind of the relative health of our customer accounts. Ah, I see. So this this last bit is is almost like telemetry coming out of the the uh, platform um, that you're then uh, putting into this health score. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And and on the previous part, um, when customers are you know uh, when when you send them the satisfaction, the CSAT surveys and the NPSs, um, you know some of the conversations we've been having are, are pretty much along the same lines. And I'm I'm curious. What kind of response in terms of percentages do you get uh, from your user base? Um, so in terms of our CSAT, I mean, we don't ask it uh, like religiously after every interaction. So we do throttle it. And okay. so, for example, if a customer is contacted one, like more than once a month, we only actually ask them once. Because obviously like, we are conscious of like survey fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, on the ones that we ask, we get about a 50% response rate in terms of the CSAT. Oh, uh, that's pretty high. Think- it's pretty good for, 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 for our CSAT for sure. Um, and then our NPS is obviously a bit lower than that. I think our last one closed at about 25%, which we're still pretty happy with. Okay. Yeah, those are, those are still pretty high percentages in terms of responses. Mm-hmm. That's really good. So can you, can you talk about, you know, it, it seems like you guys are measuring a whole bunch of things. And, and the, the thing that amuses me here, Gary, as we're talking through this is, you're you're essentially running two support departments. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they're paying you two salaries too. But I'm, I'm sure that's not the case. Um, but coming back to the question I was I was trying to ask, um, can you talk about some of the the changes you've made um, in terms of customer experience or or a good win you've had um, in customer experience either on the buyer or the seller side, um, and, and what drove that? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, one comes to mind for our bar support because we literally did it a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, so it's still quite fresh. So um, yeah, I missed so, that. Uh, it was for what exactly? For our bar support team, yeah. So basically, uh, for our bar support team, uh, in order to action things like, let's say, for example, someone says, I want a refund, mm-hmm. uh, there's several things a team has to actually do in order to actually see if we can do that. And one of those things is to look up in one of our systems what the actual seller's policy is. Okay. So does the, does the seller allow refunds? You know, and if they do, what are the rules around that? Right. Um, and the team were spending about two minutes looking up uh, those requests in this other system. And so what we actually did is we actually created a, our own integration into Zendesk, and we actually made that information pipe directly into Zendesk on each ticket. And so as the agents actually open the ticket, that policy about refunds is there. Should they ah. actually need to actually use it? And it doesn't sound like much because it saved like two minutes. Uh, but obviously, we're dealing like 30,000 tickets. Um, we actually saved about 500 hours in, in a month straight away. And obviously, with that time that we've gained, we're now answering questions quicker in general. 
Of course, no, that, that is a really, really good example of how a very small change can extrapolate over you know, the number of iterations that you have to go through and become something very, very sizable. I mean, 500 hours is, is a lot. Absolutely, for sure. Interesting. Um, so what, what other things are you guys working on in terms of improvements um, as we head into the, into the madness of the holiday season and into the new year? Um, what's, yeah. what's on the docket? Um, so we do have a couple of things planned for different support functions. For us, it's quite interesting because our, our operations team is relatively small. So we tend to focus on improving like buyer support. We'll, we'll kind of deliver something there, then we'll switch back to seller support and kind of go vice versa. Um, and the current one that we're working on is actually deploying artificial intelligence into our inbound bar support function. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right now, uh, if you went to paddle.net to kind of like use like a, as, as a customer, um, it's basically like a static web form and it asks you to fill in things like some like transaction details. And obviously from there, it tries to try and help you. Now, the problem that we found is that a lot of our customers don't actually speak uh, English and, and the site has, hasn't got alternate languages. Mm-hmm. Um, but also kind of, you know, we might go in the box, for example, like, you know, what was the, the, the amount of the charge? And the customer might actually type in that box, I would like a refund, please. And obviously, like our, our system just can't deal with that as, as a web form. Right. And so we're going to be deploying like a, a, a kind of like a, a basically like a chatbot effectively onto that site. And it's going to kind of have conversational AI so it can have like proper conversations with people. And the idea of that is it's hopefully going to filter down that experience so we collect the exact data that we need from the customers in order to help them much more efficiently. Um, But at the same time, we'll have that uh, kind of AI able to action a lot of the more basic requests. So hopefully customers will be able to self-serve more. And obviously that's something that customers like to do. Interesting. And, and, you know, that's, that's a, that's a trend we're seeing a lot of um, specifically in, in those heavy volume one-off interaction kind of environments, right? Like, like you have on the, on the buyer side, um, it would be really interesting. And, and we can probably do that as part of this podcast um, to get a perspective on, on how that goes in terms of um, the, the value you get out of it, the number of deflections you get out of it, um, and, and most importantly, like how you basically integrate that into your systems, because that would give you an additional layer of context when that issue or that question ends up coming to an agent, if, if it gets to that point, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, more than happy to chat to you as we progress and, and roll that out for sure. Oh, that's, that's really cool. Um, so, you know, Gary, the, there's, there's a lot of experience over here that you speak from uh, going back to your earlier comment about when you were running your own business, you know, customer retention was was a big part um, of, of running the day-to-day operations um, and then moving into these roles where you're basically, ha- you know, owning that operation for, for other businesses. Um, who have been some of the people that you've come across in your career who you've learned from and, and who've been mentors to you? Um, that's a great question. Um, I, d- I don't think... In, off the top of my head, I could I would pick out like a single person. Um, but for me, what, I mean, what I would say is kind of along my career, uh, I've kind of met a great bunch of people and operations people in general always seem to be really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. And so kind of whenever I've kind of needed advice or would like to learn from the experience of other people, you know, for example, you know, I'll just contact a company where I see, you know, they've got an operations person and it's amazing, you know, they're happy to have a coffee, chat to you about what they've done, what they've learned, etc. And I think that's kind of really helpful in like our community that the fact that we're kind of so open to helping each other. That's that's a really good uh, way of looking at it. And, and and speaking of communities, I know there's at least one community that, that you and I are both a part of. It's uh, support driven. 
Mm-hmm. Are, are there any other resources or anything else that you refer to on a regular basis that uh, you'd like to share or or throw in a shout out for? Um, well, for, for sport driven for me is definitely absolutely huge. Uh, I mean, that one uh, obviously when I used to work at Kako, like, and we actually had customer support software that we were kind of uh, kind of maintaining. That was the invaluable resource, and you learned a lot from that. Um, what I would recommend for a lot of people to do is just keep your eye out for kind of like the constant events that you might like see available some mm-hmm. are kind of support based but some are also quite like SaaS based so uh things like SaaS stock for example are really really good because you kind of learn about what technologies other companies are using and the impact it's had because one of the things that i've always found is that you know what might have worked like three years ago you know there's probably something today that's actually better that would kind of improve that experience and mm-hmm. so it's always kind of vital to keep your kind of your 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 yourself in that knowledge base uh, absolutely yeah things change quick in technology doesn't it absolutely (laughs) cool hey gary it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and learning more about about paddle about the the fact that you run two support organizations um within within one um it's um it's really interesting and, and it would be awesome uh, to have you back to kind of see how things progress in the new year. Um, but in the meanwhile, uh, best of luck with uh, the holiday season madness and uh, best wishes for the new year. Thanks very much. Uh, the same to you as well. All right. Perfect. Thanks for listening to Support Up Simplified with Sid Bambani of Sumati. Tune in next week for another interview with a customer support operations thought leader.